How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Goose Gossip Podcast. I'm your host, Levi Gerke. I have an Instagram page that keeps you updated on all new episodes as well as upcoming things. I'd like to take this time to thank my sponsors, first being Webfoot Waterfowl. They make an absolutely amazing lanyard. So if you are in the need for a lanyard, go to their website, webfootwaterfowl.com. So if you purchase through Webfoot, make sure to use the code GOOSE15. That's the code GOOSE15. It will give you 15% off their lanyards. Also, go check out Ultimate Automotive Mobile Detailing. Tristan does a tremendous work. If you're from the Mitchell, South Dakota region or nearby and want your vehicle brought back to new, give him a call at 605-933-9020. I'd like to thank you all for listening to the Goose Gossip Podcast. Hope you all enjoy and take care. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Goose Gossip Podcast. And on the line today with me is Jake DeVette, right? DeVette? Davit. Davit. Jeez, I already screwed it up. I, I even asked you before we started what it was. God damn. <laughs> Sorry, a lot of people get confused. Right. Where are you from, man? Uh, so I'm originally from a small town outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, it's called Auburn Township. Population, I don't even know, but it's small. <laughs> Is it one of those towns where you drive by and you blink and you miss it? Honestly, yeah. I mean, you can't, you don't even really see it from any highway. Like, you have to get off the highway. Um, and, like, yeah, I mean, there are, I don't even know if there's a sign saying, hey, welcome to Auburn Township. Like, it's just <laughs> where it is. So, where are you at right now then? Well, right now I'm in uh, Bozeman, Montana. Bozeman. Um, I go to school out here at Montana State. So, what are you going to school for? Uh, industrial engineering. And part-time cowboy. <laughs> I guess I guess you could say something like that. Oh, um, I, I, you know your your Instagram is like you're like a wannabe cowboy, and then you're a you're a goose hunter. I mean, you gotta choose a side, man. I mean, you can't be everything. See, who says you can't do both, man? That's what I'm talking about. I don't know, man. I, you can do both, but I mean, there's a side that you, sometimes you gotta choose. But you know, I mean, yeah, I hear you. I don't know, I. In the summertime, there's not much to do, you know, and so I enjoy the shit out of riding horses and enjoying, and honestly, it's learning. It's the learning aspect of me. I love learning new things and being able to work on ranches and, like, help people out and help out my friends even, you know, like, it's, it's cool to experience what they've had in their life out in Montana and something that I've never even thought of experiencing coming from a place in Ohio, you know. Have you enjoyed Montana? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I love it so much. I mean, I've had my fair share of having my head up my ass out here and not being focused on school, but, I mean, I love it. I am i don't ever see myself going back, you know? You, you plan on staying in Montana then? Well, out west at least, you know, or Texas. Texas is awesome, but, uh, yeah, Montana, it's, I don't know, first time I ever stepped here was when I was elk hunting with my father and Ever since, you know, it's it's always been that, like, mystical place where everything comes true and just, like, nothing but freedom and, I don't know, and now here I am living the dream. So now, are you, you excited for, you know, the waterfall season to start? 
Yeah, I really am. Um, it gets really cold here in Montana. I mean, you're from the Dakota, so I, I imagine you get a little bit cold too. But um, I can't see ours being far different of cold, but I mean, you never know unless you step foot in that state. You guys probably get a lot more snow, but you, South Dakota um, gets pretty hectic. Yeah, well, it also, that also kind of depends because I'm down in like the valley, right? In like the basin of um, this mountain range. And so the mountains will get feet. And there's like a ski resort 30, 30, probably 30 minutes away and they get hammered and then we'll get like a few inches down here. But the few inches usually sticks. This past winter was super mild and it actually kind of sucked for hunting because a lot of times you're like, oh, come on, give me some cold, you know, new birds. But right. I mean, it just didn't happen. Was your, was your last year pretty, you know, outstanding or did you see a difference with last year and previous years? I mean, it was actually kind of nice. I think the last day of the season in January, we were hunting in hoodies. It's like, what the heck, you know? But it was, I mean, it was lights. It was like different, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it it was still lights out. I mean, we went we went a couple hours outside of Bozeman. And, I mean, we hunted the same field three days in a row and shot eight man limits every single day. Are you guys Central Flyway still? Um. Okay. So Bozeman. Uh, I believe it's called Gallatin County. That's like the Gallatin County is the edge of the Pacific Flyway. So I could drive in like 45 minutes and get be in another hot spot for hunting and it's Central Flyway. I got you. Know? you. Like so so Billings is Central, Bozeman's Pacific and that's kind of like where the lines at if you can imagine Montana. So do you see a vast difference between them flyways of birds that are, you know, corresponding coming down? Um typically yeah. Um so Pacific Flyway I don't know yes and no right because where i'm at it's on the very edge of both flyways so a lot of times like those birds just like mix but it's a two totally different river systems right like over in billings you have the yellowstone and then out here you have a bunch of small like finger rivers and stuff and like the jefferson the madison and like those all comes from different areas i mean i guess they all lead to the same spot but you know it's so it's different birds for sure um like if you go out east you see the numbers coming down from Canada, like in the thousands and just all big geese too. And then in Bozeman, you get a couple, like not necessarily flocks of lessers, but you'll see more lessers in a, in a group, um, like than normal, I guess right. if that makes any sense. So do you guys get, or so does Montana have like a unit base or so how do they separate, you know, their zones, you guys have zones, units. I mean, what's it, what's it correspond for, you know, hunting regions around there? Yeah, so there's zones. Um, I, it's. I think it's honestly. I think it's different for different forms of hunting. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so, I think that's. I think that's pretty vast throughout any state because I mean, it. it I don't know. It just has to be. Because I think there's three waterfall zones, but like six for big game. It honestly, I'm new to it too. You know, people that have lived here the whole life will know, and they can tell you exactly what it is. But oh, I know. I just base like how many birds I can shoot and stuff like that off of like the flyway rules. Yeah. There's been a few times when I've been out scouting and I'm like, damn, how far out am I? And then I have to pull it up and I'm like, okay, I might be in a different unit here. I might not be able to shoot this feed up. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'm probably on the other side of this highway that's on a whole different unit. Have you ever ran into that? No, you honestly, haven't. I can't say, I can't, no, I can't say that I have because it, like, like I was saying, Montana doesn't quite work like that, I don't think. Oh. Um, Montana divides its waterfowl season from Pacific Flyway and Central Flyway. Oh, well, then it's, so, is this just split right in half? 
Yeah, yeah. So I mean, season ends in Bozeman, I think early January, like January sixth. But then it ends in Billings because it's in the Central Flyway. I think January eighteenth. Yeah. See. You know, and then your bag limits deter- are determined based on what flyway you're in. Oh, okay. So what's your guess? So you guys get eight per person in the Central up in Montana, like like we do, or no? It's five, I think, in the Central and four in the Pacific. Well, that's not a huge difference. At least you're still gathering five. I mean, you know, Minnesota right. and a lot of other places, it's it's two per person. And then them lucky bastards in New York, I think they get to shoot 15 um, for part of their season or a majority of it, but I can't remember. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't, 15 bird bag limit per person. That's, oh my God. that's crazy. Well, we have our August management, which is August 22nd to the end of august so maybe 30th 31st i can't remember right now and then it just rolls right into the early goose and then uh, and then november 1st is the beginning season so you know i don't i don't think i'll be doing much hunting on that august management just because it's like those birds haven't gathered themselves around patterns or anything like that and it's weather's gonna really be a factor if august management's gonna be worth a f to go towards you know yeah yeah i gotcha so I mean, I mean, we have no. Go ahead. I was. I don't. I actually. I don't think we have a conservation season for like snows. I. I don't. No. I, we definitely don't. But we have. We get snows coming through here. Do you? Um, but like they're here and then they're gone. Like you got to catch them quick. You know, like the it, day after you find it, you have to hunt it. Otherwise, they're gonna be gone. Is it like a two week time frame, one week time frame, or, or just it's just usually it's about. Usually it's about two weeks. Since this past winter was kind of warm, I mean, we saw numbers come in. I mean, pretty pretty late, but we saw numbers come in, and then they would leave, and then like another another series of numbers came in, and it was like, oh, cool, you know, we got a couple couple different tries at snows. But honestly, I, I hate snows. I mean, it was so fun. I think the best one I the best snow encounter I ever had was, I mean, we were just hunting a field for geese, and all of a sudden we see a flock of snows. And they're like they're like pretty low. I guess we just like we kind of knew there was some in the area like on the river, but they were in like different fields and stuff that we couldn't get permission on. And the next thing you know, I mean, it it was windy as all get out. But I mean, they were just kind of hovering like twenty yards above our above our blinds. So we were like, all right, let's go, you know. And then uh, I mean, the wind was going so fast, you basically had like two shots, and then they were all gone. But it was cool. So do you? Get, so how how long you been living in Montana? Um, about two years now. So probably this question probably doesn't really you know work for you but i mean like um you know weather has this weird like 10 10 year cycle i mean have you ever noticed in the two years where it's like what in the hell is going on and then it's like because like i think it was like hmm, three years ago that we had you know like a flash flood or two years ago and then like 10 years before that it was like even terrible like i mean floods were absolutely everywhere um you know, have you ever noticed any of that stuff throughout your hunting life, like a 10 years, you know, weather cycle? So to be honest with you, I guess in Ohio, like that's like 10 years ago. I mean, 10 years ago, I was 10 years old. You right. Know? So, I mean, I remember going out and playing in the snow and stuff like that. And then a couple like, and having snow on Christmas, I grew up with snow on Christmas. And then around high school, when I was starting to leave high school, like all of a sudden, there was times when there was no snow on Christmas, you know? So I guess, yeah, I guess there was like a cycle of like cold and then hot, but like in terms of rain, not necessarily. So now, And then for Montana, 
sorry, I'm from Montana. Um, I think the year before the year before I got here, I had uh, met a couple people that were out here that are a year above me, and they it was like negative thirty for like six or seven days straight. And I think they actually closed down the school for a couple of days. I mean, it was crazy. And then flashback to this this past season, this past winter. I mean, it was super mild, super mild. So now with meeting you at the, you know, the Pacific Calls booth, um, what is your relations with Pacific Calls? Actually, I mean, kind of cool story. I mean, that was the first time that I had ever met Trev, Alex, little Trev, all those guys, you know, first time I ever met him. I had like called Trevor Austin before and talked to him and I knew that he was, he was a good guy, but in terms of like actually meeting them, that was the first time. And honestly, my, the way I feel about them, like them being good guys, it was all just based off of uh, kind of like what I assumed they would be like in person based on the conversation I had. But then meeting them in person, I mean, I solidified my point entirely. That's Yeah, that's exactly what I felt and have heard from everybody, even just Stefan that I had on before. And I mean, you can't you can't beat dudes like that. You know what I mean? So we're so where does your standpoint with Pacific? I mean, do you help out as much as you can? I mean, are you just a staff member, a promotional staff member, or um, what do you do for PC then? Yeah, so I'm on the I'm on the promotional staff. Um, I've been on for about a year now, and so I mean, up until Squad Fest, I had just been like taking photos and um, posting them and tagging, and I've been trying to like sell calls to my buddies and like push PC, um, but. Squad Fest was my first calling contest, and I definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to calling more and more contests in the definitely. future, and um, probably Game Fair. I'm gonna try and call it Game Fair. So, well, I hope to see you at Game Fair because uh, I plan on going there. I come, I took off work through the 13th through the oh my gosh, yeah, 13th through the 18th, and then you know I come home the 18th and then 19th and 20th I work and then. 21st or whatever or 20th i'll leave to go to game fair if money permitting and everything like that gosh i don't know i, I really hope to get, get to go to game fair because i told trevor i'd help him out with the booth but who knows what could happen in the next few months you know yeah right yeah true you never know have you ever i'm kind of the same how many events have you been over at in the years well i've been to like i've been to events but like with 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 a company or like with PC, it was just just Squad Fest, you know. Before I would go like as a customer. Like I know there's a big one in Pennsylvania and Harrisburg. I was like, it's called the uh, Great uh, Great Outdoor Show or something like that. I mean, it's huge warehouse upon warehouse of like guides, um, call like calling booths. I mean, everything, the whole nine yards, all all the way from fishing to big game, you know. Right. So. Now, with with your aspects of you know being a promotional staff for PC, I mean, what what's the mindset of that you want to, um, you know, further that company, you know, with Trevor and Alex? Um, what goes through your mind to you know create better business for them? You know, what what do you do to make them better? You know. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Um, there's definitely things like I try to do, like take videos during the season. So um, I try to make trying to make videos i take my camera out in the field and honestly the majority of what i do is photography but i've been trying to make a video um of like i guess duck hunting and turkey hunting i do a lot of turkey hunting too 
gotcha. but I, I guess I, I try to promote the company as best as I can. You know, it's, it's hard, right? Cause I'm, you know, I'm a 20 year old that goes to college, right? I've tried to go to like sports and warehouse and be like, Hey, like, uh, do you want to like, would you have any interest in, um, putting these on the shelves kind of thing? And, you know, not, not too many takers, you know, like I'm, like I said, I'm a 20 year old kid, you know? So it's like, I don't know. Stop. I do. I do the best that I can with school and hunting and everything that's going on in my life to try and help the company. And I'm grateful for the opportunities that they've given me. Oh, definitely. I mean, and I wasn't asking that question to to throw you in a slump or put you in a bad position, but it's like so many people want a promotional staff to be handed to them and then they don't have any ideas to further the company because that's the whole reason that they would want, you know, um, a 20 year old kid or a 30 year old gentleman to have on, you know, and it's, it's one of those deals where you got to have those vast ideas, you know, imprinted in your head and you should come at, you know, a company with your ideas because 90% of the time they're not going to take that idea and use it against you and not, you know, want to have you on. They're going to actually be interested in what you have to say and further that investigation if they're going to be worth your time, you know? Yeah. Like I, I remember actually at squad fest. So like when I went to squad fest, that, that came out of my pocket and I went to like basically meet the guys and like, um, go have a good time and like actually feel like I'm like doing doing something good, you know. And so I remember we were sit- all sitting in the car, and uh, I said something very, very twenty year old ish, right? And uh, <laughs> Alex looks back and he goes, "Oh my god, I'm so glad you're here. We have somebody to talk to the little kids." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, great." So then I ended up selling quite a few calls on the first day and like to little kids, you know, like people that I could relate to. Like, hey, I was just in your shoes like five years ago maybe i couldn't rip that goose call like you can but like i i know what it's like to be young and trying to trying to figure things out so where does like more fresh in my mind i guess is what i'm trying to say definitely definitely so where does your path um to success in your life lie like obviously you want to still further with pc i mean they're just a great company and great dudes but i mean um with you being in college do you have a path of success that you were striving for that's a, that's a wow. That's a good question. Um, success success is something that isn't necessarily determined by. Uh, I feel like it's not determined by any sort of monetary value, you know. And I, like right now, I think I'm successful for still continuing to stay in my engineering degree or my engineering field, and continue to study that after retaking calc. I mean, I retook calc one and calc two just because whatever. I, I I was hunting too much, all that, <laughs> all that good stuff, but. I mean, that to me, I'm, I'm very proud of like where I'm at. And I guess my, my plan for the next couple of years is to keep doing the same thing. Keep, keep my head on my shoulders, you know, and, um, get my degree. And then I'm, I'm going to try and get my master's in business administration. And then, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And success is being able to, um, have a family that I know and love and can live a life. I know I'm only 20. Right. And I say that, but that's like what I view as success, you know, is being able to raise a kid and raise him well. Well, it is a mindset that you should have as a 20 year old person. I mean, I'm only 23. I'm not, I'm not talking like I'm such some old, old dude that knows everything, but um, I can tell you one thing right now, you know, do everything you can in college and anybody else listening, like dive so hard into college and don't drop out. Cause I, I ended up dropping out, but I mean, I had to put in over three years of like gruesome hard work on the road to get to where I'm at now and it's still hard work day in and day out but I'm saying like 
you said that you know you go hunting and stuff like that with college like i get it you want to go out and have fun but at the same time you have to build um a path of a career to live that life that you want you know that the family and keep money coming for your wife and kids and everything like that like you got to think about the future instead of the current life that you're living now you know there's there's a lot more than than hunting when you're when you're younger and in college you know what i mean yeah it, it's it comes down to discipline oh definitely you know? Do you have yeah, discipline with yourself a lot? Um, I don't know. It's kind of the, I'm kind of of the mindset like work hard now so I don't have to work hard later. Right. Um, and it, and like you were saying, like it, I guess the hard work continues, but it's to a certain degree of like less extreme in whatever five to ten years, you know, because I have a degree, like, I have a job, but now is like when it really matters. I think is like I, if there, yeah. I mean, starting it now, and I forget, I forget the question you asked. If, do I have a degree of discipline? Um, yes, I would say that I do, but I definitely get caught up in the moment more, more often than not. You know, like I'll get a call um, from a buddy and he'll be like, hey, there's a field of um, whatever, 300 mallards. Like, do you want to go shoot it tomorrow morning? And I was like, well, I have class at 10. He was like, oh, dude, we'll be out. We'll be out before we'll be out before nine o'clock. Like, no big deal. Right. And so I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's go. So I go to this field hunt before class and i mean everything in me wanted to go home and just sleep afterward but it was literally a pit stop i dumped the birds in my garage to clean later and went to class full camo like it, it's discipline you know you have to be focused and keep your priorities in check oh definitely that's why i was you know giving you the food of thought and anybody else that's listening is that you know i did live the life of you know dropping out and had the most low-end life job and it, it's it's so much more harder to climb the ladder from the bottom within to the top, you know, with, with a degree, you still have to climb that ladder, but you're 10 steps, maybe 20 steps already ahead of, um, per, a person that's coming in through the, through the woodworks, you know, you have that knowledge and that skills level that, um, somebody else had to learn, you know, four or five years in already. And, you know, you're going into school four or five years but you don't have to put in that so forth effort so much and ask so many questions because you already know the answers to so many questions, but not everything. You know what I mean? So right, and I, I say I say that too, but there are definitely times where like I, my discipline is slack. I mean, my I've had countless calls like with my father. I'm like, Dad, I shot, I shot the piss out of this field. We shot so many birds, it was awesome. And he just won't even say anything. He'll be like, How's calculus? <laughs> You know, he knows so he knows like, dude. Yo, he knows oh, yeah you, you need yeah. to listen to your father you know what i mean they you know for the longest time i didn't listen to my father and well not like oh fuck dad no none of that shit but like just like you know didn't listen to his like little key knowledge stuff that you know when i bought my first lifted truck he's like i've had a lifted truck you don't want this and i was like no i want this i want this and for three years straight i was like should have listened to the old man because lifted trucks <laughs> just cause trouble when you're 18 and 19 oh my god oh my gosh <laughs> yeah no kidding i mean yeah i had a similar story like that too i try, I wanted to lift my truck and put like two grand into it my dad's like save your money dude what are you doing you know what was funny is uh, i did the same thing to my my brand new pickup and it's don't even want to get into that <laughs> but i i ended up <laughs> lifting it and putting wheels and tires on it but that's a whole different story but um, still, still a learning process for me. Even, even after buying a lifted pickup, I still do it again and live the life of it. So, I mean, I'm a hypocrite if I say that, um, I don't, I don't have discipline because I, 
I don't know. I don't have discipline sometimes or 90% of my life, but at the same time still strive for success. Yeah. And that's good. I think that's, that's what it's about. It's like the strive for success. My strive for success is there, but my discipline day to day. I mean, I say that it, I say that I have it, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely times where I definitely do not. And it shows, you know, it, it definitely shows because that one calc class that I just missed, I mean, that question that you went over in class is going to be on the exam, you know? And so it's, it's things like that where it's, you know, you, it's like a, it's like a catch 22, you know, it's, ah, I don't know if that's, that's not the right thing to say, but right. you kind of get what I'm getting at here. Exactly. So another thing that you need to do is like, you know, further yourself with the professors and everything like that, because they, they deal with other engineer companies and everything like that, because they have engineer companies that come forward and be like, you know, who's, you know, who's doing the best in the class, you know, who's going the extra mile and asking you questions or doing stuff that um, separates them from the rest. And you might want to start, you know, doing that stuff instead of just, um, gosh, going with the flow or what's the words, um, you know, going through the motions. You know, through the motion, don't go through the motions. Just actually, like, you know, treat it like a job when you're going in and out. I know it's like, God, you got to sit down, you got to do all this work just sitting down and everything like that. But hell, I mean, professors love questions. Well, I guess, at least what I've heard, I guess, there's some times where they just don't even give you hell, but some teachers are just pure assholes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if that comes down to like who they are, you know, it's like people. There's always going to be people that are, that are jerks, you know just how it is so now when you get out of school do you plan on um have you had an outside of where you want to work you know for a company or anything like that have you looked at that or you just still you know striving for you know completing school in the first place so this summer i got a job at a place called westpaw it's here in bozeman and it's a manufacturing facility and uh, when I went in for my interview, well, because I had emailed them, I was like, hey, like, I'm looking for an internship this summer. Um, I know I'm not technically qualified as a junior yet, but um, I'm looking for an opportunity. And so they got back to me and they're like, yeah, come in for an interview. And so I went in and I, I just got, I got a job as like um, just a baseline, like manufacturing worker making these dog toys. But um, I talked with my manager and everybody there is super friendly, which is awesome, but so I talked to my manager and she said, uh, oh, cause I had asked if there was any opportunity to, um, do any sort of engineering work. Cause there is a head engineer that works there to like manage the flow of the warehouse and stuff. And so then about two weeks, two weeks ago, I started a project um, on AutoCAD <laughs> on AutoCAD, which is like a engineering software design uh, program. And so I've been helping, uh, create a new layout and, um, create an existing layout. Um, for the existing manufacturing facility. And so I think it's opportunities like that, especially with this company, that's going to further my success in the future. Have you talked to Jurgis or Trev about, you know, you going to school with engineering and maybe doing, you know, like a part-time helpful situation with them? You know, engineering almost has to do something with what they're doing, you know, with, you know, the CNC machines and everything of that nature. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I guess that would be the end goal is to is to have an engineering job in the outdoor industry. Right. There's always going to be a need, I think. And so it's finding it's having the opportunities like I have with getting engineering experience this summer, as well as being on pro staff and building connections, because it's all about who, you know. Right. That's really oh. what it comes down to. Yeah. Have you have so, you built connections with people, you know, throughout the day, uh, throughout the years? 
I mean, yeah, I'd say so. And I, I'm continuing to build more. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still pretty young, like I was saying. And so to have, um, like I, I've sat down and talked with the owner of this company called Westpaw here in Bozeman. I've sat down and talked with him personally. And like he knows me by name, which is, I think, the first step to something more. And then I know, also know the owners of Pacific Cause, right? Trevor and, um, and Alex. So it's like, again, I know them. They know me. Um, I, they think I'm a good guy, all that happy horse shit. But I think that, yeah, getting to know them and going out of my way to do things is going to help me in the future, especially with any, any job I'm going to try and get. So, yes, I would be interested, Alex <laughs> and Trevor, if you're hearing this, uh, <laughs> to one day maybe work as an engineer for Pacific Calls, you know, and, like, they're building the new um, – warehouse in idaho right like even just being able to take part and seeing maybe what um like what goes into like i guess how do i say this what goes into the designing of a warehouse from scratch not necessarily like the way it's built but the interior like where each cnc machine goes because that's my major is industrial engineering and so i my focus is efficiencies and um like cost and workflow and stuff like that. So like knowing where each CNC machine goes and like its placement is crucial in terms of how many steps say um, said worker has to move to get whatever a call and take it to the buffer or whatever, things like that. Have you, have you, you know, gained knowledge on, on those set things so fast or is it still a learning process of that situation? Like of, you know, what you were just describing. Um, again, like I said, it's, it's learning, learning more every day, you know, and sure. I'd say I have a general knowledge. Um, I'd say I have a better knowledge than 90% of people just because it is my major and I've been taking the classes and the intro classes the past two years, but now this upcoming fall I'm taking, um, like I think every single one of my classes this fall is going to be industrial engineering, every single one. No kidding. So yeah and so la last spring i took an engineering class that was work design and analysis and so that was literally like how efficient can i make the make all these processes be you know and i we had to design like the inside of an airplane and like we analyzed the inside like the cockpit of an airplane right and why certain buttons are where and there's a whole science behind where each button goes because uh oh, shit hits the fan. I want the emergency button to be right there so I can, I don't have to look for it, you know? So, Stuff like that. So, have you, you know, with engineering and everything, is a lot of the schoolwork that you do, is it, is there hands on or is it all book and computer stuff? Uh, it's a little bit of both. You know, um, I, I'm not a big computer guy, um, but we had to do SolidWorks and AutoCAD. And I, I enjoyed that, but I hated coding hated it i wouldn't I, I had to take one coding class and i will i hope i never see it again because it was miserable yeah i mean i so I, when i went to school it was for telecommunications and we had to do like switchboards and everything like that and tear apart computers and when i it, i don't know if it was coding but like zeros and ones and everything like that you had to you had to match all that stuff up so a computer could talk to the switchboard and everything like that so that's where shit really hit the fan for me, and I lost knowledge really fast on how to fucking do yeah. all that shit. It was so confusing. Yeah. I mean, there's engineering in everything. You know, like, 
I, the more I think about it, you know, and I talk, I've had this conversation with my dad too. And I mean, it like that camera I'm using to take photos for PC, that's engineering, right? That mirrorless system is a purely um, engineering. It's a, how do I say this? It's an engineering phenomenon, right? How that goose decoy is made engineering, right? It'd be probably an injection, <laughs> like an injection molding machine to make different calls or a CNC machine or a lathe. Like all that stuff is engineering. Like even how the lathe is made. I mean, I think everything in this world, from the way a tissue's made to rocket science, I mean, all of it comes down to some sort of engineering. So what made you want to go into engineering? Well, to be honest with you, I kind of want to be a teacher. But engineering was like the fallback, right? And I say I want to be a teacher. I just want, I just like helping people and I like kids. And so like, like that branding, that branding op I went on over the weekend. I mean, there was literally like five-year-olds wrestling these caps. And it was like, that is so cool to see, you know? And like, right. I, I, so I like kids. I like helping people. And so I guess being a teacher and like being, cause I had a teacher that was very influential to me. Right. So being a, being that person to somebody else would be good. But the reason I chose engineering, I guess, was cause it's, it's a good fallback. You know, if, if worse comes to worse, you know, it, I make good money and I have, I have the ability to be successful no matter what I do with an engineering degree. And I guess whatever, 15 years from now, if I'm 45, 50 and teaching an engineering class to high school students, that'd be great. Cause I remember that's why I wanted to take it was cause I had an engineering class in high school. And I was like, wow, I love this. This is cool. You know, like I actually know what I'm doing. So I was like, well, yeah, I'll go. And I applied to whatever, 10 different schools and chose Montana. Well, see, but with engineering, you could help people, but you'd never see them. You know what I mean? As engineering, you, you make a a system or a, a tool that somebody can use for the rest of their life. You know what I mean? You never know. You might help thousands of people really fast and you don't even know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a great point. You know, that's a great point. And you make more there, money. I guess there's, yeah, you do make you do make quite a bit of money, which is nice. But I, I, I don't know. For me, it I like being able to see like the smile on somebody's face. You know, I'm a very, um, I'm a very easygoing guy, right? But I, I love getting to know people and love meeting people, right? So, and I, I could, t- I could talk, I could talk forever to people, and seeing, I don't know, seeing that person to person interaction is something that I cherish very much yeah but do you think you could deal with the negative side of a teacher you know yelling kids um kids that aren't showing up for class and pissed off at you because you have to give them homework and you deal with that side rather than just the happy side <laughs> i i don't know i guess that's a that's a good question you know i've i've always been like my mom's my mom's child right like i say that i mean i like i my dad was had a huge part and like role in my life but I've, I've always been a pretty soft and gentle person on like like generally speaking in terms of just everything right you know i've been always like the more sensitive whereas my sister she's a redhead and it's full go at your throat 24 7 you know so <laughs> <laughs> we make we make we make fun of her because we all say like she was adopted or whatever because she has red hair and oh, fuck. <laughs> madison i love you <laughs> don't get me the wrong don't get don't take that the wrong way but no so i mean it's i've always been like kind of the mellower child and so i think that a little kid yelling in the back i wouldn't so i wouldn't start yelling you know i'd just be like all right 
you're kicked out of the classroom, go sit in the hallway, you know, like you're being a distraction. Like, I don't, if you don't want to learn, fine. But I'm, I want to focus on the kid in the front seat that wants to learn. Right. But I, you know. but at the same time, I mean, that's the, that's the mindset or the mindset that has to go through your head of like, can I deal with both sides of the story? Not just the, the good side of seeing smiles out of someone's face. You know, you gotta, cause money comes and goes, but happiness never leaves. Like you can gain happiness in my eyes faster than you can gain a dollar bill. And, you know, if teaching is a definite um, happiness and goal taker for you, you know, definitely you want to go for that. But you want to make sure you pan out all your decisions before you um, just take one on. But at the same time, like you said, engineering is almost like a fallback. So like maybe go for teaching. And then if it doesn't work out and that happiness isn't there, then, you know, you have engineering as a as a solid fallback like that is such a solid fallback like you know if i had the mindset or brain power that i do now as i was 18 years old i'd be going to school for four years you know they're so bad like i would and i would go back to school but just i don't know no not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know i I hear what you're saying but i think it's always going to be a fallback but if i want to be successful i think like the best thing to do would be to get like an engineering job out of college, set up a stable life for myself and whoever else um, I might be supporting with their life. And um, like get, get that all set up, work in that area like of engineering and, you know, like I said, get stable. And then once I'm like, ah, well, I want to try something different. Then I think about like, like I was saying, teaching engineering on either the high school or maybe maybe even becoming a professor you know like that's that's something that interests me i'm not gonna i'm not saying right now that i'm gonna do it or that i really really want to but i would say that my interest in that i guess aspect of life has uh has a good hold on my brain see if you're a professor you could make a lot of smiles out of people because professors deal with more influx of students than say uh you know, 10th grade teacher or a fourth grade teacher, just because college rooms are so much bigger than, than a high school or a grade school. Right. So yeah, I mean, and that's a good point. The yeah, problem, problem is 19, 19, 20, 21 year old guys with like that are full of testosterone. I mean, that's, I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I'd have any interest teaching to a bunch of dickheads, but I mean, then again, I might be 40 and be like, hey, that was me once. Like, there's our kids here that care. And there are kids that are going to walk in the classroom wearing full camo. And I'm going to go up and give them a fist bump and say, way to, way to be disciplined, you know? <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> what's, your, what's your plans for this hunting season? <laughs> All right. Back to hunting. Okay. Um, plans for this hunting season. I, I don't know. My schedule, like I was saying, is there's a lot of engineering classes. So it's going to be pretty tricky. Um but I'm going to try and hunt. I don't know. It's kind of like a weekend warrior thing. Um, my schedule is pretty flexible. I, I usually like to have my Thursdays off as like my hunting days. Like Thursdays are my hunting days. I get to beat the, beat the whole weekend crowd. Um, I mean, and I get to scout the field like after school, after classes, during the weekday when they're still light out. So whether or not I'm going to do that, uh, <coughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be dependent on like how much homework and how much stuff I'll have to do. Right. But I'd like to I'd like to be able to get out. And I know I talked to Trav and Alex about maybe trying to get a Slade video together in Montana over my winter break, which Dece- which is in December. And it's a whole month long. So, like, really, any time that works 
for like just a week, you know, not even, you know, and December's always lights out in Montana, like whether or not the weather is good or bad. December's just always like the safe bet for birds in Montana. And so I'd like to get that together. Why do you say that? I mean, is it just a, like you've noticed it over the two years that it's just been lights out? Yeah. And like even people that I've talked to that are older, right? It's people are always like, yeah, December is the month in Montana because, you know, like the fir- typically what happens is like the birds that were there like all summer and like all fall, they're gone, you know? So all of a sudden there's new birds coming in and that's like the, the main thing. Cause we get birds from like directly from Canada. Cause we're like the first state that they see. Right. And so they're a little dumb, you know? And so typically there's always somewhere that you can go in Montana where you can have lights out hunting. So you guys is uh birds like, are they are they just like easier to hunt when they first come off the first row i mean did you see something different this year with canada borders being closed or did you not see any vast difference that's a good question um i don't know i really didn't see a difference to be honest with you i mean i think i shot more birds this year but that's also probably because i got out more um and because like i had i had gone home for covid my freshman year oh i guess that, that would happen in march but i went home for winter break my freshman year so i wasn't able to spend too much time here but i i spent the first week here and we had we had some pretty nice hunts and that's how that's actually how i got with pacific but that's a whole different story um but uh yeah i, I would say that there's really no difference i mean if you're here within like december january no matter what i mean we're gonna shoot birds are you a Die hard goose hunter, or are you a die hard duck hunter? Well, <laughs> I mean, Trevor's gonna hate me for this, but I hate geese. What? <laughs> yeah, you're mad at me too now, but I, I, I don't know. I like geese. I like geese. I don't love geese. I love ducks because they're easy. Something. I don't know. I, I mean. <laughs> The geese, the geese here are easier than the ducks. I would say. Oh bullshit, dude! I'd, I'd love to find that out. I mean, I don't know. That's just from personal experience. Like, sure, I mean, sure, any bird can be difficult, right? Oh, I mean, ducks. I, I don't know. I'd rather have thirty mallards with ninety percent green, just cupped and locked, ready to go. Whether it's water, uh, I like dry better. But whether it's water or dry, you know, I mean, it's. It's cool. You know, I, I enjoy that, you know, and geese, like you see them coming and sure I get it. I'm not saying I don't, I don't get a thrill out of it. I mean, I'm shooting geese at 10 yards, you know, it's, you can't beat that, you know, but I don't know. I mean, you see them coming and they're slow and they're like, all right, here we go. Like lay back. And it's like a go. Whereas ducks, I mean, you see them and it's like, oh, this is, it's, it's go time. You know, like it's, <sighs> see, this is, this is hard. This is hard. Cause I guess, there's a lot of parallels for ducks and geese, and I, I do love waterfowl hunting in general. So I'm not I'm not saying oh, yeah. I, I'm hating I'm not hating on geese by any means. Like I, I am after all in the goose gossip podcast. No, oh, that, 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 <laughs> see why do people concept it that I that you have to like goose hunting just because it's called goose gossip podcast? No, no, no. It just rolls off the tongue good, and I made the name because I just gossip about anything and everything. You know that's that's the reason why I picked it, and it, I wouldn't have called it duck duck gossip. How does that make fucking sense? You know what I mean? Or, <laughs> it just or, roll off the tongue. or waterfowl gossip like that just sounds dumb. You know what I mean? So no, like I just was asking. You know, it's 
so many people some are diehard goose hunters some are diehard duck hunters or wait yeah yeah it's just like i don't know i would say i'm a diehard waterfowler for sure but i would say if there's one thing that i could if i had to choose i would go with ducks i love hunting geese don't get me wrong i'm not trying to portray that message that i don't i i really really do and seeing seeing flocks of like hundreds getting off the waters i mean my juices are flowing but i don't know i would say ducks just because that's what i grew up on so Um, you're saying if there's a fully loaded goose field and without a doubt let's put it this way that you are gonna limit out eight guys five geese per person and there's another field that has a slim chance that you're gonna shoot some ducks are you gonna choose the ducks or the geese um, I'm gonna choose the geese. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the X. But then I'll try and hunt the field with the ducks in the afternoon. There you go. Perfect. See, that's what other people that's- don't understand is that like ducks are almost like an all day creature. Like geese are right. so specific on like you know your loaf, your feed, or your water. You know, what I mean, you can't just go midday hunt some geese. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get beat up yeah. for that, but. You get what I'm saying? Like, you can go hunt geese in the morning, and you can, you know, gather yourself around a water source with ducks pretty easier. You know what I mean? Not not yeah. night and day difference easier, but I just feel like geese are so much more complex than, than ducks. But uh, True. I mean, that, I'd that, say, that's how it is around here, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, even in Montana, geese are more complex for sure. I, I just like... I, don't, I like the variety that I get with ducks. That's you true. Know, here in Montana, like, you just get like, oh, you get honkers, right? Like, you'll get a lesser here and there. Like, I've seen, I've heard one speck. I didn't even see it. I just heard it. And you get snows, which is cool. And so, like, that's that's a nice mixed bag. But, I mean, out here, the ducks, man, you can shoot spoonies. You can shoot pintails, mallards. I mean, like, the plus, like teal. I mean, the plethora is insane. I actually shot a wood duck in Montana, too. That was really cool. You guys don't get a lot of wood ducks there? Well, I grew up in Ohio, and to be honest with you, that's that's the majority of what we had. You know, it was just wood ducks. We'd go to, like, a little bit of flooded timber, and sure, we'd get, like, a couple black ducks and a couple mallards, but it was normally like, all right, we're going to go shoot some woodies, you know, and they are the most gorgeous bird yes. I, I think I've ever seen. And that That's why I love duck hunting is because there's a wide variety of different birds. Like I can say with a hundred percent fact that I'd rather go pick up a green head with a band than a honker with a band. Mm. Come on, man. Gosh. I mean, okay. A band's a band, but I don't know, man. Just ducks. Oh, can't beat it. I'm with, I don't know. I'm just going to argue with you. I heard him talking about, ducks. I, I'm just going to argue with you. Cause I, I love goose hunting over duck hunting. And that's just my opinion. <laughs> I mean, opinion, opinions are like assholes, right? Everybody's got one. Oh, well, yeah, we do. So, I mean, <laughs> how many bands have you shot over the years of uh, waterfowl hunting? Well, funny story, actually. I, <laughs> well, Montana, I've never seen a band in Montana. And so I remember hunting, um, I remember hunting with some buddies back home and there's a single Susie coming in. And I was like, ah. my buddy's like, I'm going to shoot it. And I was like, go for it man like take it and it was banded and i was like chief what the heck so i've actually never shot a band um kind of crazy i know but i've seen bands go down um plenty of times but it's more so on the fact that i don't know i i'd love i'd love a band don't get me wrong but that's not why i go hunting you know it's not why i enjoy it i think everybody could say that it's like a cherry on top oh definitely i but. after the 
four years or five years that I've been hunting geese, I finally just shot my, well, got my, received my own first band that I drew for. And, you know, it was a glorified hunt, but geez, man, it just took me that long. And, you know, there's actually quite a bit of banding projects around South Dakota. And it's surprised me that it took me that long. Like I've been around bands that have been shot, but usually the person that's invited and didn't do any work and just was getting guided they ended up drawing the band and never seen him again and that stuff just doesn't really fly with me but what do you fucking do (laughs) yeah exactly uh yeah i mean i've never seen a band in montana i know my buddy cody shot one um but i've actually i've never seen one in montana and i remember i had hunted a lot my freshman year and then i went home and I hadn't seen a band all year in Montana. And then I went home for like my winter break. Yeah. And I roll into like the Home Depot parking lot. And there's like eight geese that are sitting by this little pond. And I roll up just out of curiosity. And two of them are banded. I was like, motherfucker, man. Like, what the heck is this? You know? And so I ran home. I grabbed my pellet gun. And I was like, oh my Dad, gosh. Dad, I'm going to do it. And he was like, do you have a license? And I was like... Uh, I don't have an Ohio license. He's like, I'd be okay with it, but since you don't have a license, no. And so I was like, I mean, that's a good point. I could have gone and done it anyways, but I don't know. I like to respect my father, so I didn't. I didn't end up shooting that goose at the Home Depot parking lot. There you go. But there you go. So I mean, what, probably, where's, one of, where's one of your dream places to hunt waterfowl? Stuttgart, absolutely. Where's that 100%. at? Arkansas. Oh, really? It's like the duck hunting capital of the world. My dad and I have talked about going there ever since I was little, man. And it's just, I mean, I would love nothing more than to go to Stuttgart, Arkansas and just shoot the living hell out of birds. You duck, you duck fanatic, man. You duck fanatic. You still do hunting with your dad or anything like that? You know, so most of the time I, uh, I, I'll just go hunting. My dad doesn't, my dad doesn't really care anymore because my dad had his years of hunting, right? So about 15 years ago, him and a buddy, um, well, my dad, my dad was a salesman for his company called contact and, uh, he was the boss of this one guy and they, they had become friends and, you know, I mean, good friends and they'd go hunting together. And, uh, my dad, my dad and him went hunting in North Carolina. And, uh, that was, this was like when there was like fishing line and like, or like, um, wire for, uh, duck decoys. And so my dad was telling me a story how it was like freezing cold. They're in the blind. I mean, it's cold as all get out. And they're trying to, um, trying to like peel apart this fishing line. And my dad was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And then he looked at his buddy and he's like, actually there is. And so then, uh, out of that, well, it was, it was my dad's buddy's dream, right? My dad kind of helped him along the way and we, they still keep in touch this day, but that ended up being the start of what, is now called Righam Wright, and uh, that buddy was Matthew Cagle, and so my dad and him still, still talk, and still they're still good buddies. But my dad went separate ways, you know, and like it, all in like good man, good manner. But um, my dad started a construction company, and so I don't know. My dad had his years of going on the road, you know, trying to sell Righam Wright to Phil Robertson and every every God knows who else across the United States, you know, and. Um, so he had, he kind of had his run and now he just lets me do my thing. But now he's talking about wanting to go on a crane hunt. Cause that's like the big thing now, you know, is to go on a crane hunt. And my dad, I, I bought a dad, I bought, I bought my dad a Sandhill, uh, steakhouse for his birthday. 
And so that was like me, like, all right, let's go. Like, come on, let's go. So I don't know that that's his thing now. So if we were going to go on a crane hunt, he'd go. Absolutely. But other than that, I'm kind of on my own now. You know, I've heard a lot of good things about crane hunting and it definitely is something that I might want to dive myself into, but we, you know, we, we have like a flyway of cranes, but you have to hunt them on a certain side of the, of a highway. It's like a unit based type deal. And, um, Hmm. I don't know. It's, it's something that's like another whole, um, investment that you'd have to dive into. It's like, it's like anything else. If you want to do it, you got to go for it hard. You can't just half-ass it because then you're just wasting money. Right. And if we were going to do it, we would probably go with like an outfitter, you know, somebody who's got the decoy, somebody who's got like everything set up, you know, somewhere down South, like Texas or Arkansas. I don't know if Arkansas has cranes. I think they do, but somewhere down there like that. You know, have you ever had Sandhill? Because I haven't. I actually have not either. I've heard, like I've heard, like I said, I've heard plenty of great things. You know, after watching that Slade video, I was like, oh my god, I want to go so bad. Like who would who wouldn't love shooting pumpkins out of the sky? You know, like, no it's, kidding. You know, it's just like, oh man, it makes me makes me makes my feet tingle wanting to go. You know, but again, patience, patience is a virtue. So one day I'll be able to have an opportunity to go and. If the opportunity comes up, I will 100% take it, you know. Well, maybe that will uh, start to make you think that, you know, a slow-roaring big bird is more enjoying than a fucking duck. True. I mean, that's that's true. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. You know, I like I like shooting geese when they're, like, you know, low to the ground. and But, I mean, there is nothing better than shooting a teal coming by at Mach 2, you know. Fuck that, you. I, no, it's not. <laughs> No. Oh, come on. No, dude. Come on, not. man. No. There's uh, just no way, dude. Why would you want to shoot something that's stupid, stupid fast and so small and no meat? Like, I don't know. Like Because because then when you hit it, it's like, oh, let's go. You know? And then, I mean, plus duck tastes so much better. Well, yeah. Okay. So well, duck does taste better aspect. than Canada goose. Well, as a college student, I mean, I live off stuff that I eat. Like, the mule deer I shot last year and all the goose. I mean, I have so much goose in my freezer and I... I've gone through all my duck meat. So what's one of your mem- you most know. memorable duck hunts that you've had since you're just some ducks unlimited boy? Oh, I don't, I, I actually, I hate that. So like people are like, cause my, like with my dad and stuff, like my, my dad, I, I don't have anything quote unquote handed to me. Right. Like I've had to learn so many things, you know, and just because my dad has like buddies that are in the industry and stuff like that. I mean, I don't want that to define who I am. And so, I don't know. But in terms of my favorite duck hunting memory, that's a good, that's a good one. I'm probably going to have to say Billings, Montana last year in the fall because there was probably about probably close to 3,000 ducks. And, I mean, it, it was crazy. You know, it was a blackout sky, and there was, it was like a tornado just funneling, funneling down into this cornfield where a uh, water line had just busted. So, I mean, that was probably the coolest duck hunt I've ever been on. Um, most memorable for sure. I was with a bunch of buddies and we limited out in 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. And there was probably eight or nine shooters, I think. It was crazy. Crazy. Oh my gosh. Have you ever, have you ever done a duck hunt in a flooded corn? Yeah, that, that's, that's what just happened, right? So oh. it was a cornfield and we had seen ducks in there the night before. And so we were like, oh, let's go ask the owner. And so then that morning they had a pivot um that like the water line broke and so this whole cornfield basically flooded into like different sloughs 
And I mean, the Ducks were doing it dirty, man. They <laughs> they were so was dumb filthy. and so quick in a corn flooded corn. I don't know. It's, oh, yeah. it's it like was, a flick of a switch. It's like they just bomb in there. Yeah, it was great. There was like one would come in and it would we shoot it, and then there was a group of two. And then all of a sudden, <coughs> like the entire Yellowstone River just got up, and it was like, oh my god, are those ducks? What are those? You know, it literally looked like a cloud, like that stretched for miles. And I was like, holy shit, this is like it's go time. Like, <laughs> let's go. And I'm also better at duck calling. And goose calling, so that's also probably another reason why I like it better. But I mean, yeah, that's probably my most memorable, my most memorable story. What PC duck call do you use? I use the D. So I hate that name. I hate that name. It just sounds so bad. But I use the PCD. Um, I used to use the Hive a lot as my finisher, and then I had a Zinc that I really liked for my single read. And um, I like the Aces too, but I don't know. I didn't. I never really got any because for a while I I was like like paying for all my calls and as a college kid like that's it's tough. You know, it's it's really really hard, um, especially to spend a hundred dollars on a call, right? Oh, definitely. And so, uh, so I don't know. Once once I got once I tried the D for the first time, I uh, I fell in love with it. I was like this this call rips, and I haven't ever looked back since. Like I've, I've tried them all. You know, I've tried every single PC call and the PCD is definitely, definitely my favorite. You know, when we were talking, you know, the other day about, um, you know, I wanted to come out and actually, like, even though I was making fun of you about cowboy shit, like, dude, I want to come out and ride horses and shit like that and do a podcast out in the mountains. Like, that shit would be so stellar. Like, so awesome. Yeah, and that's definitely a possibility that can happen. I mean, I, I look forward to that a lot. And so I got, I have quite a few friends that have horses. I personally don't have horses out here. Um, but I have friends that have horses, and like definitely something like that could could definitely be in the works. Because I think Thursday I'm going on a horseback ride up to um, some lake in Livingston, which is going to be super cool. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's I want to do that too. That'd be a lot, a lot of fun. Do you do any hiking or anything up in Montana? A lot of people do. There are there's a large number of people that do. Um, I've definitely gone on a few, but. I don't know. I do my hiking during like elk season. You know, that's when I like to be out there because like then I have a like a goal, like a motive. You know, I I don't necessarily have any interest. Like, oh, let's just go climb up that mountain. No, that just doesn't sound enjoyable. And like, sure, the view at the top is cool, but I don't know. I could see the same view driving up. You know, and like, sure, it's being one of nature. But if I'm gonna be in nature and be one of nature, I'd like to have like to have a bow or gun with me. And even if I don't harvest an animal, you know, like, I still enjoy being out there and that's my hike, right? I went on a hike, but I had a greater, greater goal in mind. And like, there's been times where, I mean, I've looked, I've looked at a cow and like just looked at her and like just admire the sheer beauty of Montana and wildlife and God, all of God's creation and not taking the shot just because <coughs> I was enjoying that specific moment. And so that's like my, that's my hike, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand your standpoint. Uh, I love hiking. There's, there's nothing more that, um, you know, there, there's a lot that separates from even just the hunting aspect of the outdoors is just like you said, like, oh, I can just drive to that mountain. And I'm not hating on you, but like my mindset is like that there's like this sense of success that I got to climb up that mountain, you know what I mean? Or a trail, you know, and it's just like being one with nature and then, 
you're not taking anything from nature and you're playing that side of the field still as a, you know, as a hunter. And I don't know, like you, you still get to see that site without, you know, taking anything from nature. And as much as we like taking from nature and, you know, giving back to nature, it's still the same factor of it. You know, that's my standpoint of it, I guess. Oh, I mean, yeah, 100%. But I don't know for me, like if I don't want to say like, Oh, I want, I climbed this mountain, you know, I would be like, I want to climb K2. Right. So if I'm training for K2, I go on hikes all the time, you know, cause that's like the end goal. And I'm not, again, I'm not hating on you either. Like, I, I think it's great that people go on hikes and enjoy nature and, don't get me wrong. I love them too, but I would rather, for example, be on the back of a horse doing it, you know? Yeah. Well, blame me. You're a cowboy, you know, or a wannabe cowboy. Uh, so, I mean, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, I would say wannabe cowboy is, I mean, that's probably more accurate, right? Like I, I would never sit here and call myself a cowboy. I mean, there are people that do this every single day around coy, around cows every single day and work their ass off from sunrise to sunset all day every day that in my mind is a cowboy and so when people say oh like hey what's up cowboy or whatever you know like if I, i'll joke around about it and i'll be like oh yeah like what's up but in my head i'm like you know i as much as as much as i i guess would one day like to be called a cowboy and have my own ranch or something of the sorts you know it's just i can't i can't fathom the idea of accepting the fact that I am a cowboy because I'm be. nowhere near. You won't be. No. <laughs> just just yeah, burning, yeah, you're right. burning yeah, you're your just... fucking your hype about wanting to be one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, man. No. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I do it because I enjoy it. You know, cowboys do it because they love it. And it's because it's like that's their lifestyle. If it was my lifestyle, I'd be like, yeah, all right. But I'm just going to be completely frank. Like, it's not. You know, I have buddies that, I mean, one of my closest friends, his name is Jackson. He's got a ranch, you know, and I've sat down and talked with him and like asked him questions, like just trying to learn. And he's like, dude, I wouldn't even consider myself a cowboy. And I work on the ranch every damn day, you know? So it's like, well, if he says that, you know, it's like, then shit, what am I? You know, I get on a horse once every like three weeks, maybe once every month and just mess around, you know, it's like, holy cow, you know? Yeah. Well, hey, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up. Cowboy Jake. Okay. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's getting late there, ain't it? Well, not the late. It's just you know, just it's just a matter of time that we're hitting the hour mark, and hell, I just yes, don't sir. want to take any more time out of yourself. You know, what I mean, time is money. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Jake. I mean, it's it's just great to hear different sides of stories with everything. Even though you're a duck hunter and I'm a goose hunter, you know, what do you do with that? You know, and Montana, I hope it treats you well and do well with school and never stop grinding and taking care of yourself and trying to further yourself you know what i mean yeah amen man thanks for having me on i really appreciate it and you have to come out here to montana and i'll be sure i'll be sure to shoot a little bit of both but when you see montana ducks man you're gonna be like all right you're right jake well you how about this you just proved me wrong and i come up there okay when i just invite invite me this year and prove me wrong and and then we'll do a podcast in montana i'll be like okay he was right or i'm gonna be on the podcast like eh you know it wasn't really that terrific you know <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. we'll have to get together this uh this this hot season so all right sounds good man thanks for your time yeah take care